You're listening to the Faith Roots Audio Podcast with Pastor Willie George. You can watch the full video version of this episode and join the conversation with your comments on the Faith Roots YouTube channel. Simply search Faith Roots on YouTube and be sure to subscribe so you don't miss an episode. Now, here's Pastor Willie George with today's message. Hello, I'm Willie George. I want to welcome you to a brand new series that we're going to tackle for the next month. It's a little different than uh, one of the, the or the four series we've done before. Now, this is different. We're going to deal with the Psalms, and if you think I'm going to get them all done in one month, you're crazy. I'm going to hit four Psalms at least, maybe more than that. But I really want to focus on four pivotal Psalms, and there are many more pivotal Psalms than that. But all of these are are, are very critical, and they'll really help you. And by the way, if you have not yet subscribed for our email, the free one that comes every morning along with the podcast, go to myfaithroots.com and there they'll tell you what you need to know about subscribing and it's super easy. I say they will do it. The website does it. And if you hadn't already, be sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel. That'll help us. And every chance you get, hit that thumbs up button. That always helps put us out there before more people. Okay, Psalm 103 verse 2. Verse 1 says this, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless His holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul. You know, this is interesting because God begins here, and I say God because David wrote it, but he was inspired by the Holy Spirit. uh, And he repeats himself, and this is very typical of the Lord getting things across with emphasis. He does this all the time. Uh, you go to the Gospels and you see Jesus do it. He says, verily, verily, I say unto you. He says that many, many times. And when he says that, he is saying that this is a very critical idea, what I'm about to share with you. Verily, verily, I say to you. Um, We shift over to a new dispensation when Christ has died, risen, is now seated at the right hand of God, and the agent who is working on earth is the Holy Spirit. He is now the member of the Godhead with whom we have our dealings. And, uh, of course, he repeats anything that God the Father says, anything that Jesus says. But in, in, in the book of Revelation chapters 2 and 3, on seven different occasions, Jesus says, He that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says unto the churches. Now this is different. Uh, I, I uh, This last weekend spoke at uh, uh, the church that I founded, Church on the Move, and my son introduced me. He took the platform and was very kind to introduce me. This is the fourth anniversary of me passing the torch to him. And it's interesting because he's the authority in the church now, and I back off, I defer to him. And you can see Jesus doing the exact same thing in Revelation chapters 2 and 3 when he says, He that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith unto the churches. And if he had been saying this during the time of the Gospels, he wouldn't have worded it like that. He would have said, Verily, verily, I say unto you. But he is backing the Holy Spirit now, showing honor to the Holy Spirit. And he's saying these things that I'm saying to you, uh, they're inspired by the Holy Spirit. And, uh, but he emphasizes it seven times, meaning that you better get a hold of it. Uh, you see this all through Scripture, these repetitions. So when David writes and says, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and he says it twice, this is 
a word to us that you are going to have to take charge of your soul. You are not a soul. That's why you can take charge of your soul. The Bible talks about owning a soul. What does it profit a man if he gains the whole world and loses his soul? Uh, the scripture talks about in your patience, possess ye your souls. You have a soul. You're not a soul. You're a spirit because God created you to be a spirit so that you could have fellowship with him. Now there is a blurred line between soul and spirit with many people because they do not understand the distinction. But the book of Hebrews chapter 4 verse 12 makes it very clear that just as the joints and the marrow of a bone are totally different, one is outer, one is inner, so it is with the soul and the spirit. The soul is outer, the spirit is inner. It's like the marrow of the bone. It's the deepest part of your being. And so that's who you are. And David is saying, I have to encourage my soul. I am continually talking to my soul. And that's a good thing to do. If you want to have a confident relationship with God, you're going to have to take charge of your soul. What does that mean? It means that you do not let your emotions run you. Your emotions will get you into trouble. I mean, how many people do we read about? At least once a week, somewhere in America, someone flies off the handle in a road rage incident and either kills somebody or shoots somebody or gets out of the car and fights with somebody, winds up doing prison time, all because they didn't get a handle on their emotions. And your emotions will mess your life up. Your emotions are wonderful servants, lousy rulers. And so you have to take charge of your emotions and pull them into alignment with your recreated human spirit. Your spirit was born again. That's what the scripture says was supposed to happen to us. We were born again. All right. Now listen to what Paul says in Hebrews 12, 9. And I, I'm telling you there, I believe Paul wrote Hebrews. Uh, furthermore, we have had fathers of our flesh. Now that's interesting. He says that your mom and dad were the fathers of your flesh. They didn't give you a soul and they didn't give you a spirit. They gave you your flesh. They are the fathers of your flesh. They corrected us. We gave them reverence. Shall we not much rather be in subjection unto the father of spirits and live? God's called the father of spirits. In fact, every spirit being owes his existence directly to God, even the demons and fallen angels and Satan himself. God created and so uh, God didn't create them to be demons, he, but everything that God creates, every spirit that he creates, he bestows a wonderful gift on. And that wonderful gift is the power of choice. And so all of us have that power of choice. So the spirit has been given this power of choice. God created the spirit and he is the father of spirits. Now listen to what Jesus said in John 4, 24. God is a spirit and they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. In other words, outward worship is not enough. In fact, Jesus condemned the Pharisees because all of their worship and their observances, most of them, most of them, not all of them, but most of them, it was all for a show. They did it outwardly. They did it in the flesh, but never from the heart. And, and, and as a result, God didn't receive it. If you're going to have worship that's received by God, you have to worship in the spirit. So your spirit has to be in charge. But then you continually restore your soul. Now, let me read to you from Psalm 23. 
The Lord is my shepherd, wrote David, I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. He restoreth my soul. Now get the idea here. Uh, he is saying that in order to restore your soul, God has to pull you away from the hustle bustle of this world. If you do not have a time where you come apart from the busyness of this world, if there is not a time where you don't set aside uh, the, some moments to worship God, and, and, and I have people tell me, Pastor Willie, I've tried, I've tried to read my Bible, I just can't concentrate. Let me tell you why you don't. It is because you haven't learned how to harness your thoughts. You harness your thoughts through one of these. Right there. That's it. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. The scripture says we bridle a horse with the bit that's in his mouth. In other words, if you want to get a handle on your brain, on your thoughts, on where you're going, on your emotions, you learn to use your mouth. That's why God said to Joshua, this book of the law, Joshua 1.8, shall not depart out of your mouth, but you shall meditate in it day and night. Now he is saying meditation is something you do not only with your brain, but with your mouth. And I know that when I am busy, busy, busy and have a hard time focusing my mind, I know how to get it under control. I begin to say out loud what I'm reading and what I want to think about. And when I do that, I notice that my mind comes into obedience. It's just like putting a leash on your little dog. You take him where he needs to go, and that's what you do with your soul. Too many people have this feeling that their souls control them. There's nothing they can do, and that's not so. Now, I have a cousin. This dude can ride a horse like nobody I ever saw. Now, both of us had dads who were in the uh, professional rodeos Cowboys Association back in the uh, 40s, 50s, and 60s, and, and they were both amazing cowboys. But he lived on a farm, and they rode every day. I didn't. And I rode horses some, but I didn't like ride like him. And I could get on a horse that gave me fits, and he would get on the horse bareback. And I mean, immediately, that horse is brought under control. It looked like two different horses. It's like, whoa, what happened? Did somebody kidnap this horse, change out his brain? All of a sudden, no. That horse could recognize someone who knew how to use the bit. And my cousin, he didn't beat the horse. He just jumped on and he got, when he gripped the reins, the horse could feel there's somebody on my back who knows what he's doing. Same thing's true with your soul. And you have to learn to grip your soul, take your soul where it needs to go. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. That's what David is saying. Now, in David's time, the restoring of the soul was the pinnacle of God's work in his covenant people. You know why? Because people couldn't get a changed spirit. The best they could have at that time was the restoring of the soul. He restores my soul. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. He restores my soul. He does that in that time of quietness when I have taken charge. Okay? So it was not possible under the old covenant law, and I'll explain in our next episode why it wasn't possible, but it wasn't possible for the spirit to be totally reborn, completely changed, and made into a new creature. But even then, the soul could be transformed or restored. Now, there's a difference in the two programs with God. In this New Testament age, God changes our spirits, but we change our souls. In both Testaments, 
we changed our souls. We're the one who have the responsibility of changing the soul. And David said he did it, but he does it through the word and he does it by leading us. And we have to submit to that leading. So you, you don't have to submit to that leading. You get so busy and all that, you don't give God a chance to restore your soul. So God wants to work with you and the restoration of your soul. And so we began this, this Psalm 103 with that idea that you can take charge of your soul. Well, I don't have time to go any further on this one, but we will pick up here tomorrow. So don't miss this very important message. Thanks. We hope this message has been a blessing to you. Ratings and reviews help us reach more people. So take a moment to leave a review on your podcast app and consider sharing an episode with a friend or family member that needs to be built up and encouraged in the Lord today. Thank you for listening.